Oh, ladies and gentlemen, here we go again. Another episode of Wrestlers with Experience with your host, Dietrich Davis, a.k.a. King Bumaye, the world boss. <laughs> it's really Dietrich Davis, a.k.a. Diamond Head. What the fuck is my own fucking name? You know, I do so many AKAs on this show. Sometimes you can forget about what's the proper titleage. So let me let me go get it correct. Cause I'm disrespecting myself by not knowing this. Um What was I just getting ready to look up? Oh, it's Dietrich Davis. Also known as Diamond Head. Also known as King Bumaye. The world boss. That's me. The watcher of professional wrestling. I consider myself a world-renowned supervillain, former professional wrestler, podcaster, filmmaker, actor, disgusting, handsome cigar smoker, fashion whore, and I like to consider myself a fact checker. You can check me out on ddod.tv. I'm rebuilding that website. Forgive me if it doesn't look perfect. Takes a lot of work to get into this. I want this to be a but when I first created that website, it was myesyourworld.com. I try to make it the most visual website. I had crashed Squarespace's system because no one had pushed every piece of possibility. It was Christmas Eve. I'm in their offices in Lower Manhattan, off of uh, in, uh, off of um in East and on, on Broadway. Christmas Eve. I wasn't giving a fuck. I was up in their offices. They were like, how did you find us? That's my job, nigga, to find people who don't want to be found. With that being said, this podcast wants to be found. And you can discover this podcast, Wrestlers with Experience, over at Google's Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartMedia, Stitcher, Podbeam, CastBox, Deezer, Tunes, and Podcast Attic. I don't know what's going on with Pandora. It takes like forever for them to approve your shows and shit like that. But, you know, who gives a fuck? I'm, we're available in a lot of places. Please go enjoy. You guys know I also have another podcast called The Important Nobodies. I've been neglecting that podcast because I've been working on so much stuff recently. <clears throat> Excuse me. Also, um, I've got a new show coming out. Everybody know, I'm a re- anybody who knows me know, I'm a reality show junkie. So um, it will be in the comedy division of all podcasts. It is we call everything 90 day fiance if you know me i'm obsessed with that shit i love it i really enjoy that type of fucking madness and i never wanted to stop so i got so i got a show that i'm hosting by myself called everything 90 day fiance also want to make sure that we give credit to my co-host mark morell aka mark knight the execution of professional wrestling, a historian of professional wrestling. The man has true, genuine knowledge. And we'll be coming back together to making sure that we're doing this show face-to-face and pumping out content. We'll still be giving you the four or five or six or seven pieces of content a week, but we're going to make sure that we do, when we get back together face-to-face, that we're doing two shows a week. Mark has already sent me four episodes for you guys. Um, If I'm right... Today is Tuesday that you'll be listening to this. So on Wednesday, you'll get two episodes on him covering the New Japan tournament and also a review of New Japan Strong and one more piece of content I cannot remember off the rip. But like I said, this is a podcast. This is a show that will be giving you consistent content. Nothing will stop the release of this show. You may get it every so often where we take a week off and take a fucking break, but we're not here to fail you guys. With that being said, let me move on to the topic of the show. You saw the title, 
And um, I want to thank everyone who listened to uh, the last two episodes about Booker T and about uh, AEW dropping the ball on the women's division. I thank you guys so much for listening to those. But with that being said, I want to talk about something that has been talked about for years on shoot DVDs, on professional wrestling. It has been beaten to death by Jim Cornette and Kevin Nash, and I want to talk on it. And as you saw, is Kevin Nash and Jim Cornette right? Is professional wrestling dead? And is it just sports entertainment at this moment in time? It's a very realistic question. It's not an unrealistic thought. And I caught myself watching a lot of these videos over the last month and a half of different older wrestlers talking about wrestling. And what started it was um, Jim Cornette breaking down, is professional wrestling dead? Now, I would say it's more of a, I don't know what to call wrestling, professional wrestling today. I'm being very honest. I'm not going to sit here and say that I have the answers. I'm not going to sit here and say this, that, and the other. I will say that professional wrestling is a very different business today than it was five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and 30 years ago. Um, In our memories, we still remember Hulk Hogan body slamming Arndi the Giant. We still remember the Macho Man Randy Savage going against Rickety Dragon Steamboat. We still remember some of those great 80s and 70s matches that we love to hold up or wrestling purists like to hold up and never allow the business to change visually and psychologically. And I say that respectfully. As you told, if I told you guys, I'm not a fan of this fucking business. I'm a supporter, a fan to none of you. That's me spitting on the ground. I'm a fan of none of you. I don't got I don't got idols. I don't got heroes. I'm my own hero hero. I'm my own icon. I don't mean that this, that, and the other. I just believe that never subscribing to another human being and becoming a fan of theirs. I will support you to the end. But I will not be your fan. And I think wrestling has reached a state of a little bit of confusion at this moment. Because we have, and I think it should, and, and, and I think it's a good thing in a sense, because we have acrobatics in wrestling. We have the high flyers. We got the grounders. We got the brawlers. But the sense of old school wrestling doesn't quite stand out the way it used to or the way people want it to be. No, Jim Cornette, wrestling cannot go back to the days with two men having a slow and methodical match to attend to the one thing that Vince Russo did understand was the attention span of the future generations to come, whether he was a shitty booker, whether Vince was his filtering system for all of his madness in professional wrestling when he threw in the kitchen sink, when he threw in everything in the kitchen sink. What we do have is a generation that if you cannot grab them within 10 to 15 seconds, you have lost them. So we don't have it where we stand off with a wrist lock, back one man into the corner, raise up two hands, push off the rope, arm drag, hip toss, up over and under, 
then arm drag again, stand up face to face, you go left, I go right into the corner, we wait for the crowd audience. We don't have that motion anymore. It is immediately into 50 high spots, which I do not agree with. You cannot say that there is psychology in wrestling when the psychology of wrestling has been broken permanently and forever. But is that justifiably so to say that professional wrestling is dead? I think not. You could say, well, WrestleMania is the biggest show of them all and WrestleMania is fucking huge. Yes, WrestleMania is huge. Well, WrestleMania is as equal to the Super Bowl and the NHL championships, the NBA championships and Major League Baseball championships. It will be watched no matter who's in there. I know I watch the NBA championships, but I don't watch all the games during the year. I'm not a big NBA fan. I'll probably watch clips on you on ESPN if I see it or clips on YouTube, but I'm more of a playoffs and championship watcher, like a lot of us are. I don't even watch the Major League Baseball championships. It's a boring game to me. I see no purpose in it. For those who love it, support it, and fans of it, more power to you. Enjoy it. I don't watch NHL at all. Um, I watch more wrestling, professional, and amateur and I watch a lot of UFC, and I watch a lot of tennis. Those are my sports. Those are the ones I enjoy. That's just me, personally. And I don't watch tennis before Serena Williams. I grew up with a tennis court in my neighborhood. So we had tennis rackets. We played tennis every fucking weekend. That was our thing. You know, we went to the park here in Brooklyn. The only park that had it here in Brooklyn. Jesus Christ, why can't I remember it? It's right off of Easton Parkway. But we would go to that park and we would play every week. And you waited with your racket and with other people to get off the fucking court so you can get on. That's just how we did it. But um, I don't want to, I don't want to agree with Kevin Nash and Jim Cornette, but they're right. But Kevin Nash made a point. He says, "You don't believe that the man standing in front of you is an ass kicker." I'm. He's right. When I look at the rosters of AEW, New Japan. Um, Ring of Honor and WWE. I do not see a person who would intimidate me outside of the person of Brock Lesnar. I said on this show before, I would love to fight Brock Lesnar in a UFC cage. I will beat his, I will ground and pound this nigga. Me and him are equal body and size. 320 pounds at five foot 11, six feet. I am Brock, 280 pounds. I'm not a fat human being. I'm a very toned and muscular human being. I will ground and pound Brock Lesnar's fucking face. Also, if I walk down the street, people may cross the street because I'm a large, intimidating human being, though I may not be intimidating once we meet and speak. Brock has a presence, so we're going to remove Brock. But Brock is the only person who makes professional wrestling believable. Why do you think the only match that people truly wanted, the last big match WWE may have is Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley, another person who went into MMA and washed people up. It wasn't on the UFC record system, but he washed a few people up. Bobby Lashley looks like a legit ass kicker, former Marine, this, that, and the other, all American, all things that Brock Lesnar has accomplished. So if you take Brock and Bobby Lashley completely out the way, no one is intimidated by a Roman Reigns. 
No one is intimidated by a Chris Jericho. No one is intimidated by a Brian Cage. No one is intimidated by the current rosters across the board of professional wrestling, whether in the States or in Japan. We no longer ask the audience. This is my personal thing. We no longer ask the audience to suspend their, and I want to say this correctly, we no longer ask them to suspend their belief. We no longer make them believe that wrestling is fake. And maybe that's because everything is a public, everything is a work. We know how it all works. We know wrestling is fake. We know the match is a choreograph. We know that it has a determined ending and beginning. Is wrestling real? No. This is why WWE cannot be, uh, doesn't have bookings of, and I want to, uh, hold on, let me restart that thought. This is why you cannot walk into a bookie's office and say 500 on The Undertaker. Because no matter what, wrestling's fake. Anything that has a commercial break, every 15 to 20 minutes is fake. You can take that how you want. I come from the world of film and television. You put a commercial break in it to me, and it's bullshit the moment you give me a commercial. The moment you can't break from a commercial is real. And one thing wrestling has mastered the art of is going to commercial. How do I already know that this match is important when you cut the match off right in the fucking middle of the match and tell me we'll be right back? The NBA will pause the whole, they will call for a fucking timeout to go to commercial. Do you understand the, the, the science behind that? The UFC don't put commercial breaks in the middle of their matches. They fin- Even when they replay them, they finish the fucking match. And then they tell you, we'll be back. That's only if it's on Fox Sports 1, and they might not run a commercial on it. But WWE, AEW, and New Japan, they put a commercial right in the middle of their shit. They could be going from the middle of a tombstone pile driver to a pin, and they will be right back. You already know the match is not ending on the commercial break. They, do, they no longer ask you to suspend your belief system in what you are watching. The storylines in professional wrestling has not evolved. It's still the same old, let's have this fight here. And we all know that I know a lot of people in WWE. I literally booked the angle of the tag team and world tag team and world championships four months earlier. And I know, because I got a friend in WWE, that t- that whole storyline ended up being on Sasha and Bailey. I know my shit works. But the storyline business in professional wrestling has either become filtered by the powers that be, or we need stronger written storylines. When you look at, uh, what's that music, uh, those magic men? Uh, Blaine or whatever those guys who do those in the, in the mid thousands they had these guys who they would stop all of TV and do these magic tricks and they wouldn't go to commercial again not going to commercial is a very important thing and they wouldn't go into a commercial and they wouldn't do these things and they'll be like oh my god they're about to go David Blaine and them and this that and the other you still to this day don't know how David Blaine does, does half his tricks but we understand that one wrestler told the other wrestler in his ear Go for the hot tag. And now they go for this magical tag that shows up. Go for the tombstone. 
I'm going to put you in a, if I'm, if I go to wrestling, I go into the corner, I go to his hair. Hey, I'm gonna hit you with a clothesline pop up. I'm gonna go grab you by the neck choke slam. We both hit the ground. Let's take two minutes to breathe. Let's take 30 seconds to a minute to breathe and then pick up momentum. You lead from there. We know that's being said in the corner because we have exposed the business to a point because we wanted to say, oh, this is all work, but still believe us when we put our tights on and go wrestle. We would never know how the prestige of the magic trick, but we've exposed the prestige of the wrestling business. And it's okay that we know that wrestling is not real, but what we need is to be tricked into questioning is what we saw on television real. There's only two times in history in the past 15, 10 years that we've seen that. When the Nexus destroyed the ring, oh, we didn't know if that shit was real or fake. We didn't know if these niggas was mad at Vince McMahon. They didn't cut to a commercial as they normally would have. Again, the commercial thing. They did not cut to a commercial. The commentary team got the fuck out of there. There was no talking. All of the fans were on their feet. They did this with rookies. And we believed it. We couldn't wait to get the Raw to the next. That's the last time you wanted to see what happened next week on Raw. Ten years ago, almost to the day when that took place. We believed it. And we didn't know whether it was a work or not. Now, deep down inside, you know it was a work. But you wanted it to be real. You wanted to believe that at that moment when they was ripping that ring apart, that they were saying, fuck Vince McMahon. They didn't do the traditional send all the boys down to the ring to protect the, to protect the business. They didn't do the big WWE versus Nexus fight. They didn't do that. They let the Nexus rip the fucking ring apart. Shit. If I could have set that bitch on fire and put it under control element, I would have set the whole ring on fire. but they did not interrupt the process of creativity. The suspension of disbelief was there. And everyone questioned if that was real or not. Think about that. Go back and watch the clip if you've never seen it. It was magic on live television. Oh, and the YouTube replays on that match in the millions uh, not match in that segment or in the millions, no matter who posted it. When you look at the UFC, the UFC does not have to access to suspect, to, to disbelieve. The UFC could be a whole work and we would never know because Dana White would protect if he's paying a, a fighter to take the dive. Just like boxing did in the early 40s and early 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and the 80s. We didn't know who was being paid to take dives. For all we know, our favorite fighters in the UFC could have been taking dives. And Dana's cutting them a magical million dollar check or a $400,000 check. Especially when the pay is so shitty over, in, over at UFC. If he was doing that, we would never know. You was paid to take the dive and you was paid to shut the fuck up. Still in boxing to this day, we do not know who was paid to take dives and who wasn't. There's no belief of rigging the system can be impossible because wrestling has removed that. And plus the UFC guys, everybody looks like a fucking ass, ass kicker. I'm sorry, no disrespect to the former a, 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 um, 
NXT champion. But uh, here comes the boom. That motherfucker, Mr. Here Comes, boom. He don't look like an ass kicker to me. John Moxley don't look like an ass kicker to me. On all the rosters, no one looks like an ass kicker to me. I'm not going to add the females in this conversation because what's her name? Uh, this chick from uh, WWE who just came back. Looks like a fucking ass kicker. Let me pull up the eight, the WWE roster. F- forgive me. But they got four females that look like legit ass kickers. Legit. No bullshit, no nothing. WWE.com. I should have had this roster up already. So forgive me for playing myself. If I just go to champion, Shayna Baszler looks like a fucking ass kicker. She looked like she would fuck someone up. This is not bullshit. This is not me going, oh, what about this and what about that? Nah, she looked like she'll fuck someone up. That's the truth. The other female who looked like she would fuck something up. Like I said, Adam Cole don't look like he'll fuck anything up. Oh, no, 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 no. Adam Cole do not look like he'll fuck a goddamn thing up. He looked like he still plays bear pong or some shit like that. But there's another, the, the British trick. Uh, I forget her name. But you guys get what I mean. How is it that we got two women in the WWE roster who look like legit fucking ass kickers? Who look like they will fuck something up. Killian Cross look like he'll fuck someone up. Rhea Ripley looks like she'll, that's the other one, look like she'll fuck someone up. William Regal still look like he'll take you out in the back and beat the fucking shit out of you. Just a fact. Just a fucking fact. So what is the excuse now? Can we not hire tough guys, tough looking guys? Does everybody have to have the same wash? And everybody looks the same. Same washboard abs, same smile, same haircut. There is no individual uh, look. It's all the same look. Everybody does this their finish nine times in a fucking match. You don't believe me? Look up Kenny Omega versus Okada. They did their finishes nine times at least each other. All the talent looked the fucking same. Except for Randy. Randy, Cena, this, that, and the other. They all look a little bit different. They all have great matches, but nothing is original. We're watching the same shit repeatedly over and over and over again. I don't want to sound like I'm beating a dead horse, but let me know when I'm wrong. Everyone comes off the top rope. Everyone, whether big or small, can do backflips. Like I said, New Japan does this too. It makes no sense. It makes no fucking sense. Then the argument at one point with professional wrestling was wrestling's dead because there's no competition. Oh, competition never stopped. You just stopped acknowledging. They wasn't called territories. They was just people who was having wrestling matches on the internet community. Excuse me, my phone was ringing, guys. Forgive me. How? Now we have competition. Now we have AEW. Now we have New Japan with their weekly show, New Japan Strong. Still, 
it does not ask us to suspend our, our to suspend the belief in what we're seeing is real and fake. So we are done with that argument where oh, there's no competition. We still have competition, and we still don't be, we we don't believe what we're seeing on the screen. I just want you to sit back and think about that. This revolution of wrestling that everyone was talking about never happened. The moment Steve Austin shook Vince McMahon's hand, wrestling died at that moment. The, the one believable fight became fake. Oh, excuse me, had the belt. And, you can't, and wrestling always has its downtimes in the 70s. It had its downtimes. And it's high times. And the 80s and 90s had its down times and it had its high times. The whole early 90s was between 1992 and 1996 for WWE was the worst times in professional wrestling. Even over at WCW. And wasn't it until Vince was screwing dudes over and not giving them guaranteed money and wouldn't give them more opportunities that two men went over. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall goes over to WCW and once again we believed what we saw was real. And then they destroyed our system of belief when Hulk Hogan joins the NWO. And for the first time in 20 years, Hulk Hogan is a bad guy. For the second time in 20 years, excuse me. Remember when he first came into wrestling, he was a villain. And then Vern Gagne helped remold that. The Gagnas helped remold that. But I think there's an element missing to professional wrestling that they're not using. When you get a chance, we got a show called Love and Hip Hop. Oh, like I told you, I love reality TV. It's trash TV at its finest, but it makes me fucking happy. Scrappy and his girlfriend at the time versus Stevie J and Jocelyn Hernandez is one of the best fights on reality TV on television in the last 20 years. Oh, Mona Scott spent six or seven episodes building up to this. Mona Scott, a woman. It's not that she's a woman. The woman who's in charge, who, cre who helped create the show Love and Hip Hop, books a better fight than the WWE, AEW, New Japan, Ring of Honor, Impact, and so on and so on and so on and so on. How is it that reality television can big can book a better fight. We know half of this is scripted and half of it is non-scripted. It's controlled circumstances. No one is giving a script, but somehow they're being manipulated and controlled into saying everything they need. And then they edit that bitch together and they produce a stronger hour of television. And in the same three hours that Monday Night Raw is on, in those same three hours, VH1 has locked up the, the television bracket with presenting the about to happen fight and they spend weeks doing it. They book better shows than WWE. So is WWE missing a reality television show element? Because the moment, like I brought up in the, the, the when Booker T was talking shit about Naomi, Naomi's stardom shoots through the roof when she was on the being on the reality show Total Divas. So does more reality television have to be built around these people to sell the wrestling matches? 
Reality TV is the element WWE needs to craft the next boom of professional wrestling. The next mega wrestling star cannot start off in the WWE. The Miz is a blueprint for this. The Miz was a reality TV show who ends up becoming WWE champion. We took him as a joke. But what happens if we get an actor who has four or five successful films, who is a natural athlete, who can train to learn how to wrestle, and he could come on WWE Raw to promote a film, but end up becoming a major wrestler on the show and can win the World Heavyweight Championship and truly become that person who puts WWE back on the map because that's what we need. You should be able, and booking the fight should take place not just on the, 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 the squared circle or a promo. What if you use the elements of the world to make shit real? What if they went and had a real fight at a fucking restaurant and let them both get arrested? Let them both catch real fucking charges and let that shit spill over. I'm talking about going back to tricking the wrestling fan into saying, is this real or is this fake? Hip hop has mastered the art of making us believe that all of the bullshit that happened between rappers are real. Takashi 69 has made himself the villain of professional wrestling. Again, he could book he's booking a fight that's never going to happen better than anyone. WWE needs to add more elements to his story. They need to they 100 need to. Wrestling purity. If, you, if you're a wrestling purist, then you won't understand what I'm talking about. Because wrestling purists only see it, oh, it's a match that has to happen. Yes, the match has to happen. But how do we get to this match? And do we believe the two men are in that match are going to are, are the ones? Every wrestling boom is only three years and then it suffers for 10 to 15. Are we on the break of hitting? Because when AEW showed up, everybody's like, the wrestling boom is happening again. No. It's just more names that are being marketed on a higher scale. More initials are being marketed on a higher scale. Wrestling purity is a brass ring of control. Just a fact. That brass ring is as fake as paying your fucking dues in this business. Let me tell you something Mike Tyson once said. I was reading, a, I was watching a, um, I think I was reading something. Mike Tyson, he asked about sex before a boxing match. And Mike Tyson said this bullshit. Back in the day, they would use those tactics on you just to control you to the highest level. Because you got Floyd Mayweather, what Mayweather who goes out there and he has sex, I believe an hour before every boxing match and he don't look like he missed a step. So is wrestling purity an element of control that they can't let go of? And now we need to find a new format to book the match? Because they do booking matches all the time. It's not believable. It's just not, it's just not believable. Maybe Vince is right. I don't mean to pause on you guys. It's really fucking thinking. And maybe Vince is right. And we're just chucking it up to him being an old man. And, he, and Vince is right in not being wrong and saying, I don't see any stars. Is he right? Was Roman Reigns really that star? No. Daniel Bryan was. 
are anybody in that current roster really fucking star? They're great. They can wrestle. They can perform. Having talented people does not mean you have stars. You've just got a lot of talented people. Brock Lesnar is talented and a fucking star. He has the it factor. But I also think something also killed professional wrestling in a sense. The word I. When you listen to all these shoot interviews, all these guys say I, 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 I. You know what Jim Cornette says that I don't hear no one else say? We. We were trying to get this guy here. You know what Scott Hall says? We were trying to get this guy here. Let me blow your fucking minds. That crow gimmick that everyone loves and, and WCW was created by Scott Hall. Scott Hall will put any fucking wrestler over because it wasn't an I system. It was, what do we do to get this over? That's his tone of voice. Vince McMahon will say, we need to figure out a way to make this happen. Triple H now says we. This is how he has a fucking phenomenal NXT system. Wrestlers, oh, I put, the, you know, the reason why wrestling is fake, and I'm going to blame the old school niggas on the reason why people don't believe wrestling is real. Because when they get a shoot interview, the first thing they do is, I put this guy over in his first match. I gave this guy his opportunity. I gave him his best, bat, his best match and all that bullshit. The shoot interviews killed the business. If you guys wasn't, didn't save your money and didn't protect yourselves, you would be, we would be in a better fucking position. But you motherfuckers, you peripheral cocksuckers, went out and took the first couple of hundred bucks you can get or a thousand bucks you can get. And you old schoolers sat in front of those cameras for all those shoot interviews and you exposed the business and then complained that it's not believable at this moment in time. You shitheads did that. The younger generation didn't do that. The current generation didn't do that. You went out there and you bitched and complained and you talked about everything because you wanted a little bit more fucking intention when you were 15 minutes was up. And your borrowed time of intention doing all those shoot interviews and telling everything was happening. You say we exposed the business. You motherfuckers exposed the business. Wrestling is a we business, not a I business. And no one looks at that element. When wrestling is great, it is fucking amazing. And when wrestling is bad, it is the worst thing to ever experience. The fact that Chris Jericho could say, I'm booking for the demographic. The fact that he's giving us more television terms. You know who else took away the suspension of disbelief? Dave Meltzer telling us ratings. Fans should not give a fuck about the ratings. They should be watching the content. But now the average fan is taught, is taught to look at the rating, look at this, look at advertisers, stock holdings, this, that, and the other. You killed the business by exposing it. Alan Moore. Great writer, wrote a great uh, graphic novel called Watchmen. Leaders of Extraordinary Gentlemen. As anybody knows, I'm a comic book fan. No, I'm not a fan. I'm a comic book supporter. I love comics. I'm not a fan of that shit. I'm not trying to dress up like anyone. But Alan Moore is one of the greatest fucking people of our time. Let me tell you how great he is. Let me pull it out. Hold on for one second, you guys. I don't want you to think I'm fucking crazy. Alan Moore is one of the only comic book writers to win a certain award. I want to pull it up real fast. 
because it's important. If you hear me, I'm, I got the comic book box behind me. So I'm going to reach and grab it because it's up there and I didn't realize that this award was giving to him. Forgive me, people. I'm making mad noise. For the Watchmen book, Alan Moore was the winner of the Hugo Award. It's a writing award. Now, I'm going to get in Dutch Mantel's ass for a second. I have to. It's of order of importance. Alan Moore, one of the world's greatest writers, said, it's not my job to give the fans what they want. It is my job to give them what they need. Yes, he's right. Dutch Mantel wrote to Alan Moore on his Facebook page. You can literally look this up. Dutch Mantel literally said, I remember when it happened. Alan Moore, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Dutch Mantel is a fucking moron for that. When you think about it, he was never truly over. He never wrote a storyline that, I mean, Dutch Mantel was over, but he wasn't the megastar. He wasn't the main event of Starcades and this and that. Just because you have a great mind for professional wrestling doesn't mean you're going to book professional wrestling. I don't remember any of his storylines being super over, but you have the nerve to tell Alan Moore that giving the fans what they need is the stupidest thing on the planet. Remember when Daniel Bryan was going up against the Wyatt family and the fans needed Daniel Bryan to win? They didn't want the, the mistake was not letting Daniel Bryan win the Royal Rumble. You do it about it the whole wrong way. You gave the, the Royal Rumble to Batista. The fans needed Daniel Bryan to win that Royal Rumble. Giving the fans what they want and what they need is two separate things. Alan Moore is correct. And I will repeat a great mind in professional wrestling means nothing. If you do not know what to give the people what they fucking need. The fans are paying for wrestling and supporting and loving because they need to see something amazing happen right now. They are looking for the change during the attitude era. It was need to see TV and the proper term would be must see TV. Do you know what Tuesday morning was called if television was done right? The water cooler conversation. Everybody would get around the water cooler and talk shit. That's what they call it in the corporate world. Can we create the water cooler conversation? And wrestling has not created a water cooler conversation. It doesn't mean it, that, that doesn't mean it exactly has to happen like that. It's just an example of how it's supposed to work. If you go to a concert, you as a fan want to hear your favorite song. When you go to a, a, a Ozzy Osbourne show, you want to hear that song. You go to a Jay-Z song, you want to hear that song. You go to a Beyonce show, you want to hear that song. It's not what you want to hear, it's what you need to hear. You need to hear that song. You need to feel the live audience. You feel as if when they play that song, that song was just for you because it was what you needed. Music talks to people in a unique way because it gives them what they need, not what they fucking want. Rock music is dead because they stopped giving the fans what they needed. 
and started giving them what they thought they wanted. Fuck what they want. Give them what they need. Alan Moore, the great writer, Alan Moore is 100% correct. And Butch Martet Mantel is a fucking moron and a fuckboy. And that's why he doesn't understand what's going on. You must give them what they need. And the people need to believe and what they are seeing is real. They need to question the reality of wrestling once again. That's what they fucking need. The reason why Naomi was over, because they didn't give them what they wanted. They gave them what they needed. We started to love Naomi when she was on a Total Divas. We got to understand the business. We got to understand this. We got to understand that for people who didn't know. How do you think Cardi B is so over? Cardi B used a reality social media system called Instagram and took it from nothing to something by just giving people what they, what they needed. Laughter and a sense of reality. She didn't give them what they wanted. They gave them what she needed. They wasn't looking for Cardi B. They discovered Cardi B. She became a megastar off of social media and reality TV as she even knew when it was time to reality, leave reality TV because it needed to happen because the fans told her she's hurting her brand by being on Love & Hip Hop. And at that moment in time, Cardi became extremely intelligent and said, let me get off this show because the fans needed to see the evolution of Cardi B, which is a larger personality and artist. If we want the business of professional wrestling to grow, then the, then the bookers and creators of professional wrestling must become a slave to the desires of the needs of the fans. Let me repeat that for you. For professional wrestling to grow to the next level, the writers and bookers and creators of all things professional wrestling must become a slave to the desires of the fans so the fans can become slaves to financially stabilizing and dumping all their money and emotions into professional wrestling. For lack of a better term, it is a slave trade that needs to happen. Give the fans something they can't handle, but need it so bad. That's what the Attitude Era did for me. That's all the Attitude Era did for me. It made me a slave to wrestling. That's what people want. Let me not say want, that's what people need. The territories worked so well back in the day because there wasn't TV for all of the shows. So it was talked about, it was written about, it was word of mouth. And then when you got the television, they needed to see Ric Flair talk that shit. They needed to see all of those guys talk their shit. Let me give you Kevin Owens for example. Kevin Owens looks like shit. Not every wrestler should look the same. But Kevin Owens looks like every wrestler in the fucking indie wrestling scene. Shorts and a t-shirt. Eddie Edwards looks like an indie wrestler who just got in the business wrestling in street clothes and he looks like shit. We don't know. This nigga's not in shape. He's not. Well, he's in shape because he can wrestle and he can go. 
Shape doesn't necessarily mean six pack and a big ass chest and some large arms and great legs. Dusty Rhodes was in shape, but he wasn't. He didn't look in shape, but Dusty was in shape. He can go wrestle for an hour. Some niggas can't even do that today. But Eddie wrestler, but Eddie Edwards, the Impact Wrestling cha- uh, World Heavyweight Champion, looks like an indie wrestler. No one looks believable. Either they look like indie wrestlers or cookie cutters, or or, 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 or cooking cuttings, a, a cookie cutter of what the standard professional wrestler looks like. Remember when we used to get the wrestling games back in the day, and it was a generic wrestler. We are looking at the most set of generic wrestlers in history with a large budget behind them. So if you think wrestling is dead, it's because you want it to be dead because it doesn't have the look that you want it to have. Wrestling is not dead. It just needs to be evolutionized. Revolutionized. A true revolution. Who cares on what it used to be? We need to get professional wrestling to where it needs to be. Let the past go. And you people holding on to the past and comparing old to the new, that doesn't do nothing for the future. WWE's new, I'll give you a great example. WWE's new ice cream bars. And I'll leave it on this after this. WWE got those new ice cream bars. They're all of inactive wrestlers. (laughs) I don't want to see that. You're not even putting the Kofi Kingstons and you're not even putting the not, you're not even putting Kofi Kingston and you're not even putting, um, Bailey and Sasha, you know, and, and and Charlotte and all of these wrestlers. You got all these inactive wrestlers: Steve Austin, John Cena, Macho Man. Like, what the fuck? How do we tell people to move forward when all you do is live off nostalgia? WrestleMania is almost a nostalgia event. And just because I'm saying let the past go, that does that mean we forget the past? Not at all. I'm tired of people saying, you know what killed wrestling? The NWO. Too many old niggas and nostalgia is killing professional wrestling. And yes, there is no innovation. When I watched the lad, The Undertaker, I wanted to do a review on The Undertaker's whole shindig, those five episodes, and I decided not to. Because I think Undertaker made a big mistake. I'm going to show up when, a quote, I'm here, Vince needs me. No, motherfucker. Vince don't need you. He wants you there. What you need to do is help the wrestling fans and say, Vince, instead of giving me a match, put someone else in there. You don't need me. You need to make a new star. You need to put a new person in that spot. That's all I'm saying. And if you don't believe that social media needs to be used and and reality TV needs to be used for professional wrestling, more people know who Randy Orton is because he was made one of the biggest memes of the decade. RKO out of nowhere. Is wrestling dead? No. Wrestling needs to be revolutionized and then evolve. That is how you save the business of professional wrestling. We need inclusion on a scale never seen before. We need so much to take place. And it all needs to happen in a very unique format. Mr. Dutch Mantel, we need to give the wrestlers fan, wrestling fans what they need. 
not what they want. Alan Moore is right. My name is Dietrich Davis. I'm also known as Diamond Head, a.k.a. King Bumaye, the world boss. I am the watcher of professional wrestling, and my co-host, Mark Knight Morell, the executioner, and the historian of professional wrestling, we are the illustrious tag team that makes up this show called Wrestlers with Experience. I thank you guys for listening, wherever you're listening from. I thank you if you're listening from Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Podbeam, CastBox, Deezer, Tuned In, and Podcast Attic. I thank you so much for supporting this show, and I will continue to support you with as much wrestling content as we can provide. Once again, thank you so much. I'll catch you guys in the next episode.